Welcome back to Moving with Confidence. Larry Kruger here again. Uh, we're going to speak today about actually getting this move on the road. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit. I'm going to assume that you've looked at all your options and you have decided to use a professional mover. And uh, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk a little bit about a van line. When you talk about van lines, what they are, how they're made up going to talk a little bit how, about how to shop for a professional mover. We touched on that earlier, but I'm going to go through a number of little tips and advice on how to kind of compare apples to apples. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the, uh, the process, what to expect when you do uh, find a mover. Now I'm talking about long distance moves here, local moves. If you're moving locally, all moves are basically done by the hour and it depends on how long the folks take to load your furniture and unload your furniture so the more you are prepared the more advanced you know you have the beds apart and everything ready to go the quicker the move happens and the less you pay there's travel time involved some other little charges but that can be cleared up relatively easy with a call to a local representative or again going on that little reloadsecurity.com website and getting three professional movers in your local area sent over what we're going to do is touch on all this stuff. I'm going to be right back with, uh, first of all, an overview of the van line, these long distance entities that uh, move folks around the world and across the country. And uh, then we're going to go into those other uh, points on how to uh, source a mover and what to expect when you actually book and reserve a date. So stay tuned. Well, we're Right. What the heck is a van line? What are they used for? How do they come about? What's the pros in using them? Uh, there aren't a lot of cons. They can be a little bit more expensive. Let's get into it. First of all, the Coles notes on a van line. What are they? Why do they exist? And um, what difference do they make, basically? Moving started as stevedores unloading ships, if you want to go back to the Dark Ages. Uh, tea chests that we still use today, boxes called tea chests, were actually recycled boxes that were taken off ships. And as people kind of populated areas, folks moved out further and further. And these stevedores, the folks that unloaded the boats, became short haul movers and long haul movers. But after, you know, after the war, when the baby boomers all came into the existence and people kind of struck out. Um, in various locations, small local movers would, would move people further and further away from their locations and they joined together in forming networks basically uh, to get return tonnage. So if you were moving from uh, Boston to LA for instance back in the day, uh, 
when the mover got out there into Los Angeles or out in that direction, they had no return tonnage. They had no return weight to come home with. So a bunch of organizations joined together to develop networks or agencies whereby they'd exchange tonnage. So a van line was originally set up as a return load kind of bureau to, um, to find uh, business and you can utilize your partners in it. Uh, they've grown into the, the big major van lines are um, United Van Lines, Allied Van Lines, North American Van Lines, Atlas and Mayflower are big ones. In the, in the U.S. there's tiers of um, mid-sized van lines, uh, you know, Bud Van Lines, there's a bunch of them, them down there that, um, that have the same kind of process in place. They, they're national organizations that manage the brand. So all of these movers you see out there are agents for van lines. So when you see a Mayflower on the side of a truck, you'll also see uh, McWilliams, for instance. Uh, folks I work for, we're members of Mayflower. So all of these agents are independent business people that work through this network for both brand recognition, uh, advertising, uh, the van line manages uh, a bunch of services for them, but you get the you get the network so that when your truck is out in LA, you have a local Mayflower agent booking business, possibly and hopefully back to Boston, back east, so that you can uh, you your driver can take that load and and run fairly uh, full all the time. The, the van line also manages what's referred to as distribution of revenue and pricing. So the van lines publish tariffs, which are a suggested price list for services that are paid for. And that van line distributes the monies to all of the participating parties. So this is where it may get a little, uh, it may get a little complicated. You don't really have to know about about this, but this kind of gives you a quick overview. Uh, the costs are broken into line haul costs, packing costs, insurance costs, storage costs, accessorial charges, city service charges, automobile shipping, third-party charges like disconnecting your washer, dryer, and things of that nature. Now, when you pay the mover, all of these charges are, are distributed by the van line. So, hypothetically speaking, I could book a move out of uh, Vancouver and another driver from an agent would pick it up. The local packing crew from the agent in Vancouver would pack it. It would be driven by a driver down to, let's say, Boston, where he would get a crew from the local agent. They would deliver and possibly a local unpacked crew would unpack it myself for putting it into the system, I may not ever touch it. Uh, I am paid what's called a booking commission and everybody else gets a piece of the pie. So the van line distributes the revenue. So they, they break it all up and make sure everybody is paid properly, everybody is contracted, everybody works off the tariff. It's all done electronically. In the event of claims, um, the van line in, in instances will get involved in claim settlement, paperwork, invoicing. They have um, leasing uh, programs whereby they'll, 
they'll lease trucks to the to the mover if you want um, so that's what a, a van line is kind of like the overseer of the of the organization van lines do not own trucks they used to in back in the day North American van lines owned uh, some equipment but for the most part the agents own the equipment the drivers of the truck can sometimes be what is referred to as a broker so see how this gets more complicated the broker could very well be an independent business person who owns the tractor the front end of the truck they contract to a local agent in a van line and paint their truck the colors of that agent with the agent's information on it. They theoretically are independent business people who work for the agent or under contract to the agent. The agent, <laughs> in turn, is a member of a van line, a, a, a large national van line. And the agent pays uh, a van line commission to the van line for the, the, the benefits of working and associating with that van line. Now, the main thing you get, as mentioned, is you get return tonnage, you get a large fleet brand recognition. They do, they have an advertising fund that comes out of it, but you're basically independent business people or franchises, if you will, that belong to major van lines. Now, the, the benefit of, of using a van line is the consistency from A to Z. You have the same agent brand at destination. A lot of these um, uh, smaller companies, that's not to say that they're any worse, but when they get out there, there's no, there's no representation. So you're dealing with someone that may have an office in New York, but they don't have an office in Toronto. So you're, you're trying to get in touch with an individual that is not in your destination location. Uh, with a van line, you will have an agent that represents the van line in your location. If you have any difficulties or if you have to have boxes picked up after the move, you can contact the local, the local folks. And if there's any kind of a, of a problem, you can always escalate it into the van line uh, system, the head office. But basically what it was, it was designed around just finding return tonnage for folks that started moving further and further away from the ports and further inland and, and further away from their homes. And it was all put together many years ago. And the tariffs themselves are designed around the various situations where drivers and packers may find that there's need of extra money. So you'll see these accessorial surcharges. Just to touch on those for a little bit, things like a long walk, things like a shuttle service, uh, city service charges. This all comes about by the actual drivers or packers getting to an area and they have to drive, let's say, from one side of the city to the other. A, a mileage guide, the mileage guide we use, takes in a 50-mile radius of any major city. So there's a city service charge in there to kind of navigate going downtown Toronto, or downtown LA, New York, you have to get a shuttle service. Uh, you cannot take a tractor trailer downtown, uh, long walks if you have to go through the bottom of a building. All these things, all these prices were, for, were fed into a tariff, a, uh, a suggested price. Now these tariffs are then discounted 
to attempt to get your business, let's kind of get that all, basically everybody has set costs. So if you, know, if you get something that's ridiculously low, you're not doing yourself any favors. You wanna, when you're getting a price, you want a good solid price, but you have to also consider that all of these individuals, everybody that's involved in your move has to be paid and paid fairly or you don't get a good service. That being said, there's a fair amount of infrastructure that has to be fed when you're using a long distance mover, so a van line mover. So you have to keep that into in the back of your mind that there are a lot of moving parts in this thing and there's a lot of people involved and in order to make everything run smoothly, there's a cost to it. And it's an expensive cost. Price of fuel, a tractor trailer, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment, manpower, skilled labor, uniform people, uh, accounting, marketing, all that good stuff goes into um, the final cost when working with a, with a major van line. The, the, the overlying factor in it is that you have some sort of a security, you have some sort of peace of mind when you're using a major van line that they are doing their very best, you're involved in a larger system, there's recourse if there is a problem, there's uh, you know a fairly extensive logistics team involved, uh, although they're, you know the summertime is a crazy period. At the end of the year there are seldom people stranded um, and everything works out for the best, but um, that's the pro of moving a van line, um, moving with a van line. Now, that being said, let's. How do you how do you shop for these folks? Uh, you want to get like like industries involved in quoting your business. It's it's done on what's called an estimate. We talked about it earlier. It's free of charge. Again. Uh, direct to myself if you want to coordinate something in Canada it's Larry at McWilliamsMoving.com I can set something up on a long distance basis anywhere in Canada Canada to the US US to Canada in the US a great little site is is that Relo security site which will get you three pro certified movers into your home to provide you with a with a quote now the way to compare these folks is always get them into the home uh, getting prices online is iffy and, and questionable. There are a lot of uh, companies now that are doing what is referred to as a video survey where they'll set up a time with you and they'll walk around and do a video of your home and price it. But furnishings, you know, there's no standard home. There's no standardized uh, furniture. Everybody has their own unique um, place and their own unique style. So uh, it, it pays to have three estimates in your home. And, and when you get people in there, you should, um, first of all, don't do, you know, they, they can do something online, but you want it verified because that's where all this gray area happens. When the mover comes there, you set an appointment, basically, you let them in. It takes about 20 minutes, half hour, depending on the size of your home. It's not a big deal. These are consultants. They're, they're salespeople that also come in and do the visual survey so they, they understand the industry and they can actually give you a lot of advice and tips on, on how to save money and how to go about the process. But um, the first thing you want them to make sure they do is and their job to do is identify any added uh, services that might occur when they actually come to your building. So they check for accessibility, you know, to make sure a truck can get into your place. If there's any meter restrictions or parking restrictions, they do that at the exterior home. 
when you find out where you're moving to, let them know immediately. And uh, you know what they should be doing is googling Google mapping your your residence and and making sure that there's uh, accessibility is is good on the other end. Uh, most van lines have a list of buildings in a um, you know in a, in an information bank that they can call on to see if there's any kind of difficulties getting in or out of the building a normal residential home there shouldn't be any difficulties but that's something they take a look at always show them everything that is going that's how they price it so make sure you tell them all the same thing uh, they may have some alternative methods of shipping but be clear to what is going and tell them exactly the same story so that you're comparing pricing on, on a on a on an even playing field they're not admissible items, so they'll talk to you about it, that. You can't take anything explosive, corrosive, or flammable, so they'll, they'll chat to you about that. They need the exact information on the dates, if you have them, and if there are any extra pickups or drop-offs. So if, you're, um, you know, if you have some stuff at your mother-in-law's place or you have a storage locker that you've cleaned out to stage the home, you have to tell them at the time of the estimate so they can include everything in the price. If you have to store the stuff, we talked about storage before. If you can't have direct access, you have to let the mover know that. And they can put a caveat on the bottom of the of the estimate indicating what it would cost if it goes into storage. And we talked about storage before, the, the charges that are involved. At that point, you can ask them if they're planning on shipping your goods in a container or if they're planning on shipping it conventional. And is that container stored outside? Um, are there any restrictions? What if the weight goes over or the, you know, the volume is greater than, uh, than it takes to, you know, to fill the container? You can touch on that if there is storage involved. And then you can discuss if you want the mover to pack everything or if you want to pack yourself. You can ask them if there are any uh, you know, discounts or deals on boxes or if they have any used boxes, for instance. Or if you want a totally packed full pack, I would suggest always getting it packed by the hundredweight. What that means is no matter what's in the home, they pack it for a set price. The other option is packing by the container or by the carton. If you only have a small number of, you know, if you just want your fragile items packed, Again, have them quote specifically on the number of boxes they estimate that you're going to need and the cost per box. And make sure they each do that. And uh, the safest way, as mentioned, if you're, if you're doing a full pack is just get it packed by the 100 weight. Unpacking, when they get to the other end, is just put onto a flat surface. So, you know, they'll set the beds up, disassemble everything, set everything up. And the unpacking, if there's dishes, they just put them on the counter. So have them quote the unpack cost and then you can always decide whether or not you need that service or you want that service. Some people choose to do all of their unpacking themselves. Save yourself some of that money. Unpacking is not the setup costs. Like when a mover comes in, they disassemble. This is a long distance move, mind you. They disassemble everything, wrap it in big moving pads and, and reassemble everything they've disassembled. On that note, if there are large gym, you know, in in home gym sets or um, electronic home theaters, they will call in a third party 
to disassemble those things. All the appliances they have to call in an electrician. The, the movers do not do electrical work. So again, they'll identify anything that's out of the ordinary and they will list that and give you a price for that on a separate column. You can source that yourself, making sure it's all coordinated by the move day, on the move day, but uh, the movers deal with people full time and they have a set of, uh, you know, of suppliers that they utilize rather than trying to go out and find one, they have them in place already. They'll itemize the packing that has to be done now, if you're doing your own packing, uh, I think we touched on before the insurance um, liability there. If something is damaged and uh, you have packed it improperly, that's your responsibility. Again, the movers don't try to damage anything, but if something just tips over and breaks because it wasn't packed properly and the box is fully intact, that's your responsibility if you have packed that yourself. So. You can do pots and pans, you can do books, you can pack linens, you can do, you know, the bricks in the basement if you want to pay for weight. Anything that's non-breakable, you can be fairly comfortable in packing uh, yourself, uh, you know, unless there's something drastic that happens. And perhaps leave the delicates and the, and the china and the, and the paintings and the mirrors to the professionals. They'll also, and we touched on this, we're going to touch it on again, uh, explain to you or asked them to explain the transit times. Uh, there is a transit time guide that uh, um, is focused on every move, the distance it's going and the weight. So make sure when you're getting um, your surveys in that you have a clear understanding of the transit time guide and um, make sure you have the address of the agent at destination and phone numbers for both your agents in uh, at your origin and your agents at destination. Now, in order to firm it up, and again, you can go on that little Relo Security site and download that and actually give them a, um, a checklist, a selection checklist that they can, you can give each one of the representatives and say, this is what I want quoted on and then you're comparing apples to apples. You ask for that guarantee or what kind of a guarantee they put on that. We touched on it again. It's going to be within 10%. Account for the 10% uh, when, when you get your physical estimate. And then just, you know, really based your judgment. It's not really the, the bottom line. It's extremely competitive, extremely competitive business. And everybody has basically the same costs so you can't go under you can't lose money every time and make it up in volume right so they have to make a buck you want them to you know have a good professional service a lot of these discounts going back to how a van line works fall on the drivers the packers uh, you know the people that are doing the work so when you have a broker they are hit with the discount. So the, the mover uh, agent can take a van line commission and then if they discount it to a certain point, that driver is hit with that discount as well. So you don't really want someone in your home that's really, you know, pissed off about the price that you've been charged. Excuse my language. But, um, 
you don't want a driver in your home that's that's saying I'm doing this for nothing I'm not making any money you know we have a saying I'm a flat tire away from losing money or, or you know $800 for a tire uh, fuel so you want to make sure you had a fair price and because the folks that are doing the work are actually compensated on what you pay so keep that in mind when you're when you're doing it measure you know the quality of service a lot of them will um, will have some statistics on you know their quality you can you can get information online on them uh, you know they'll have awards of some sort to just get a feel for the representative how long they've been in business etc you're, you're purchasing an intangible product but you're also purchasing a history and a lot of these companies if you if you look around they'll have a very good reputation and a lot of them will carry statistics on their actually what's referred to as a claims ratio so uh, it's good to know their quality their accident uh, ratios their people that type of thing you can in most cases if you're storing you can go and look at their building at their facilities or google their building and you get a good feel for what they're all about if you see one of their trucks on the road take a you know a little pit stop and have a look at the guys on the truck and how they're doing ask for references etc don't and I know it's difficult to say everybody you know I, I value my dollar as much as the next person but when you get down to nickeling and diming to a point where you know you're it, it's it's going to bite you in the end so base your inf base your decision not only on price of course price is there you have to look at price but on the overall presentation and what you get a feel for for the representatives that are in your home so when you do decide to use a mover particularly in the summertime book the move immediately get it in the book they put it in the dispatch book and then they have you allotted in to get and do your business um, if you don't book they go on a first come first serve basis and they don't or can't kick a customer out to put you in so when you feel comfortable when you get the quotes in when you compare them and you take in all of the you know necessarial kind of <laughs> uh, thoughts about the individual make a decision book the move then you're going to get into the actual the actual process now if you're moving long distance the move is done over a number of days uh, if you're having a full service move with packing etc you're looking at two to three days on both ends plus the transit time usually two depending on the size of your home so we're going to take this as if you're having a full service move so the first thing that happens is a day prior to the loading in most instances a packing crew will come in and they'll pack everything in your home they'll do all the pots and pans and linens and dishes and everything they leave the kitchen functional and they leave the beds up so that you can stay there that evening prior to the crew so they come in and they do a complete pack if it's a partial pack they may choose to do it on load day this is all done through operations the the, the folks that kind of manage all these trucks you'll have a, a contact number you can call your representative or someone will be in touch with you to confirm everything and they'll give you the timelines that they're looking at doing everything at on 
So on a full on a full service move, they come in the day before, they do all the packing. If you're not utilizing beds, they disassemble the beds. They um, you know do all the paintings, take everything off the wall. They take things off the wall. They don't take things out of the wall. So they're not going to take any screws out of the wall. They'll lift paintings off the wall, but they don't do anything that may jeopardize the drywall coming with it. So they get you all packed up and that crew leaves. That's your packing crew. The following day, or whatever your operations people tells you, the following day, in most instances, the driver and the crew shows up. Now, the driver is the foreman. Uh, the driver, in many cases, is referred to as the broker. We touched on that earlier. He owns the truck, or she owns the truck. And then that individual has labor. He gets his labor from the agent locally. So he is the guy in charge, that person, the driver. They come in, introduce themselves, and they do a walk around just to get a feel for the place. And then they do what's called an inventory. And they take a little sticker with a number on it and they put it on every piece of furniture and every box and they write down the description of the item and the condition the item is in. So they do what's called a conditions report. So if there's already a, a broken leg on a table, they itemize that on the, on the form. So that on the other end, if they get there and you say, well, there's a broken leg and you did it, uh, they've already got an inventory list and a conditions report indicating that the leg was already scratched or broke or what have you. So they do a walk around and they put a little number on everything and they have an inventory form and they write down what the piece is. They put floor runners down on all your floors. Uh, they pad the, the walls so that nothing scratches. And then they go about loading your goods after the inventory. So they, they disassemble your dining room table, for instance. They disassemble your bed. They wrap everything in these large moving pads and load the truck. Something to observe. By the way, a professional mover, they're working with like a, a giant jigsaw puzzle. So you wonder what's the difference between a professional mover and a, a schmuck off the street. Go in and take a look at the truck. Um, you know, if, if you kids, a lot of the movers will let the kids come in or sit in the truck and blow the horn, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're fun guys. Anyway, take a look at the, they build what are referred to as tiers. So the stuff is all packed in there like a giant jigsaw puzzle. So there's no room for anything to move around. They load everything and they give you their cell phone and their estimated time of arrival. You'll have your TTG, your transit time guide, but they'll also provide you with what their actual schedule is looking like. So if they're going to be in Chicago on the 3rd, you can pretty well be assured that that's when they've got already got what is referred to as their trip assigned to them. As mentioned before, they may have three or four stops prior to getting to Chicago, so they'll know everything they have to do and it's all scheduled out. You'll have a 1-800 number into your local agent and you'll have your driver's phone number and make sure you give them all of your information, all of your contact information in the event of a flood or a, you know, a flat tire, what have you. They'll call you to let you know that they might be a little late so that you can go about your business and do something else. If something comes up on your end, if you get a flat tire, if you run into bad weather, you can go call your driver or your agent 
and let them know that there's going to be a bit of a delay or what have you. Now, you can play around with a little bit of time, but once you get into a week or so, particularly in the summertime, they have, a, they have to make money. They have to be running all the time. So they'll give a bit of leeway if you're delayed, but then there's charges. There's what is referred to as waiting time that may be added to the shipment if it's uh, going over a certain allotment. I should mention also that on loading day, that's when all the third-party companies are coming in, either pack day or load day. So if you have to have your washer and dryer disconnected, uh, maybe a chandelier uh, taken down or, or some of your gym equipment or, or your uh, home theater disconnected, anything like that, the appliance service people will come in either on pack day or load day, preferably pack day so that you're all ready to go. Um, and, and get ready to, to move any any odd pieces are, are scheduled uh, you know when the mover is there or on pack day if there's uh, you know hot tubs and things that have to be taken out that's all coordinated pre-move if the automobile is shipping the driver's taking it which would be in the off season they load it directly on the truck on move day if it is going by third party, that transit time guide may be different. So it may have to ship prior to the driver being there, or if you're keeping the vehicle until the driver leaves, you may have to get it picked up and then it goes on a, a different transit time guide. So anyway, being coordinated on move day is important. When they get to your new location, uh, the driver will be there. Hopefully there are no surprises. Everything runs perfectly. Our world is perfect. Hum, we have our move mantra going and everything is running as it should. And the mover arrives exactly at 9 o'clock. No problems with anything. They begin moving in. They hand you. Now, that doesn't always happen. Let's be clear on that. So your patients are packed. But this is the plan. They provide you with what's called a bingo sheet. And that bingo sheet is basically a, a piece of paper with a bunch of numbers on it. And you stand at the door. And when the movers bring your goods into their home, they read off the number, that tag that they listed, and you check it off of the bingo sheet. Uh, that ensures that you've received everything that these folks had picked up. Again, they put the floor runners down and they place the items where you tell them to place them. They will shuffle around a few things, a few heavy things, if uh, while they're there, if you don't want the sofa on one side of the room, you may want it on the other side of the room. They'll do that for you as long as it's not ridiculous and you know, you get into different uh, looks while they're there. Um, so you get the bingo sheet, they set everything up, they reassemble the beds. If you paid for unpacking, or if you wanted it, it was all inclusive in the rate, they will unpack the goods, but they won't put the dishes into the cupboards. They'll put things on a flat surface. They'll take the bags, you know, the, the mattresses are mattress bags, etc. They'll take them all up, they'll set them all up, they'll hang your clothes, the wardrobe boxes, they'll put your clothes all in the closet. But in most instances, people say, that's enough, you guys can go. And they, they decide to do the rest of the stuff themselves because there's just too many boxes. It's weird. A well-packed china barrel, you take all of the stuff out of it, unwrap it, and you can't get all the paper back into the box. 
It's like a magic or something. I don't know. It expands. But anyway, you're living within boxes. You got lots and lots of boxes. They leave, and sometimes they have a, another unpacked crew that'll come in and kind of get you settled in. You have up to 30 days, 40 days to look, see if there are any damages. If you find any damage, you call the local agent or you call your origin agent through their 1-800 number and you start what's called a claims form. You, you mention to them that you have damage or if you're missing pieces, uh, building damage, anything of that nature. You give a call in and you report it. Now don't throw anything out. Uh, the mover has to go through a process uh, to ascertain whether it was caused by the move or if it was already damaged prior to moving it. That's the, uh, the inventory sheet, uh, the conditions report that they've done. They marry it up against that. Basically, they, they, everybody has a, a tradesperson that fixes up little scratches and dents and they send these people over and they kind of take a look at the things and ascertain whether it was an actual moving damage or if it was already there, a pre-existing damaged item. The claims process then goes uh, into either fixing, if you have replacement insurance, if you have depreciated insurance or released insurance, you get 60 cents a pound uh, for whatever the item may be. That's why we talked about getting full replacement insurance. If you have full replacement insurance, they basically come in, fix the item to your satisfaction, buy you a new item, at the same as the old item or provide you with a cash settlement uh, that you come to a mutual agreement on. So that takes, you know, that you don't have to do that immediately. Uh, you can take your time and take a look at things, but go through your home as you're going through your home. And if you see anything that was caused by the mover, make sure you call the 1-800 number and get the claim into into the process. The claims process takes a little while. Once you're completely satisfied, which everything is done, the file is closed, and uh, hopefully you have good things to say about the mover. So that's the process. The third party folks, the car may deliver a little later. Uh, the third party folks coming in to set up your washer, dryer, etc., maybe in a day or two after you've moved in, maybe the second day. But that is uh, the process. So everybody is uh, wonderfully happy you've moved and then the next little session we're going to talk just a bit about settling into your new locations. Hopefully that clears up a little bit of the mystery on the move. The, the main thing is to make sure you have a good upfront clear estimate as to the services you need and that you're paying for and everybody's kind of bidding on the same thing and then the process just goes through it, Every van line basically works the same way, so you can expect that process. The only other little thing we talked about is that transit time guide and the uh, congestion and capacity issues in the summertime can throw a wrench into everything. So I hope you have a great move and you move with confidence. I hope this is uh, of interest to you. We're going to have one more little session and then uh, you can get moving. Have a great day. Well, we're moving